Welcome everyone to Moments with the Marcelins. My name is June. And my name is Stephanie. Fun fact, I have lived in Florida, in Oklahoma, and in Texas. Moved around quite a bit in my life. How many times have you moved? Oh, let's not talk about that. Okay, we won't. That's we <laughs> Just do. kidding. It's not We'll leave that, that for another bad. episode. Healing. Well, this is stability. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding. I moved um, about 16 times in my entire lifetime. So, yes. Wow. We can talk about that in our stability topic. <laughs> okay, for sure. <laughs> I hope you guys are enjoying this. I hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful evening, wherever you are, whether you're listening to this as you're folding laundry whether you're cooking, whether you are in the car on the way to work or school or wherever this finds you, I hope that your life is enriched by today's conversation. We're going to pick up on part two of Are We Really Friends? Uh, I hope that you've listened to part one because this is really going to segue into where we last finished off on that episode. If you have not, please tune into it. I'm sure you're going to find it so beneficial. Now that we know that there's more categories than just the friend category in our lives, we can now kind of move people into those areas. So we have the friend category, of course. We also have associates. We have advisors and we also have assignments. That's right. So I, again, tune into it. Let us know your thoughts. Um, And so we're just going to pick up there. I think one thing that we all have to keep in mind when we're talking about aligning our relationships is being a good steward. And so stewardship is more about how we manage things Mm -hmm. and resources that we have. It goes far beyond just finances, but it's everything that has been given to us. Relationships are included in that. And so we have to understand that good stewardship says that I'm responsible for what I'm responsible for. And I'm also responsible for utilizing the resources at my disposal in a way that advances what I believe to be God's agenda for my life. Mm -hmm. Self-stewardship also begins with the understanding that I am responsible for me, for advocating for myself. And I need to understand that it is not selfishness, but it's being a good manager of what God has given me. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about the difference between managing and ownership. Yeah, yeah. As individuals, we don't own anything. You know, we say it all the time. This is my car. This is my job. These are my children. But ultimately, and we say that like, and, you know, we don't mean. We get it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. But ultimately, you know, everything that we have, we're we're called to manage it. We don't own anyone. it's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so as managers, everything that he has given us, we need to make sure that we take care of it. You know, some might be listening and they view self-stewardship as being selfish. Mm. And, you know, a lot of times in religious circles, that is kind of the concept that if you are, you know, taking care of self, it's viewed as selfish and you need to look out for people. And, you know, God has called us to sacrifice. And this is just bad, such bad ideology and theology, because when we view stewardship self-stewardship as selfish we're basically telling god that if i'm not in the equation then god can't do it and Mm -hmm. so we overestimate what we can do and we underestimate what god can do that's so good and having good self-stewardship says the following that god loves these individuals way more than i can do he was in the equation before i was and he will be in it after I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we need to understand that we are not as, <laughs> we're not as 
we are not as good as we think we are. And we need to understand that all the things that we have come from God. And so we should allow God to do what he needs to do and what he wants to do. And part of that is creating boundaries. Mm, that's so good. There's a book that I read a couple years ago that is titled Boundaries by Dr. Cloud. And, and in this book, he talks about the laws of boundaries, which I think were so influential when when I started looking into into my life. And, and it's not just boundaries with like, just like friends, but he dives in like boundaries with like children and like, you know, coworkers and, you know, just different areas of your life. And so uh, the first law that he talks about is the law of sowing and reaping. And the Bible in Galatians 6, 7, 8, it says, you know, you will reap whatever you sow. And if you sow to your flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow into the spirit, you will reap eternal life from the spirit. And one thing that I know that I have seen in my own life is that sometimes we get in the way of what someone was supposed to reap because of what they sowed. Mm. And just to give you an example... Like, let's say that you overspend one month, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you were bad with your money. You did some retail therapy because there was a crisis going on and you just need to feel better. And then you automatically go to a friend or your parents like, hey, mm -hmm. I overspend. You know, can you give me money because I have no money for food or to pay my bills or whatnot? And your parents or your friends give you money mm. because you overspend. And so now they have interrupted the law of sowing and reaping. Wow. Because you were supposed to feel the consequences of, hey, I overspend and now I can't eat. Or mm -hmm. I overspend and now I don't have money to pay my bills. You right. didn't feel the consequences. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to feel the consequences over what you sowed. So good. And so we get in the way of God's own law. And so again, we're sometimes reaping the consequences of someone else's decisions because we feel like we need to go in and save them. Right, right. And and that's, you know what I mean? Like how many times have we done that? And I know that you and I created like a, like a guide for our lives that we don't let people borrow anything. Right. Nothing. Like if we're going to give you some, we're, we're never going to let you borrow something. We're just going to give it to you. Right. So I'm never going to let you borrow money. I'm going to give you money out of what I can give you. Yeah. Because we I always said to ourselves that if I'm not willing to give it to you, then why let you borrow it? Right. And exactly. so I don't even expect it back. That's right. And even and that goes with just like believing what the word of God says that the borrower is slave to the lender. So I'm not going to let you be a slave to something, mm -hmm. not even to something to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And hang that over your head. So that's something we you know, decided early on in our relationship. And therefore, again, I'm not getting in the way of, you know, of God's own laws of sowing and reaping. And therefore, what the word of God says in regards to being in debt to, you know what I mean? And that and its correlation to slavery. So that's the first law. The second one is the law of responsibility. So the law of responsibility, um, it does. And this is one of the misconceptions in regards to it is that, you know, I am supposed to love everyone. That love comes at the point of self-sacrifice mm. and self-denial. And yes, we do have a responsibility to love everyone, but it's not my responsibility to be you, to act for you, mm. to think for you, 
because they get in the way of your own responsibility. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. There is no sense of ownership of or management from that person's life. And if I'm constantly stepping in and doing things for the betterment of you. So this is where I have to understand I'm responsible for myself mm-hmm. and you're responsible for yourself, you know, yeah, yeah. and that's not selfish. It's like you said, it's stewardship. It's management. If I'm stepping in to be responsible for you, for, you know, everything else that, you know, is happening in your life, I, you know, I'm not taking, I'm stepping in somewhere that is out of my boundary and out of my reach because that's where God can step in, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're called to love one another. Um, But again, I I can't feel what you feel. I can't think for you. I can't, you know, um, be this person because I have limits myself. Um, The other boundary is the law of power. So the law of power is that there are sometimes and individuals maybe in your life or that, you know, are in my life today that feel that they are powerless to certain decisions or patterns or conditions in their life. And I don't mean this in a way that, you know, they, you know, have some type of disability or something like that that has nothing to do with this. It has more to do with like they have bad spending patterns and they feel like, well, this is just all it is and I just can't help it. Right. No, you you have the power, you know what I mean, to change certain things about your life. You have the power to agree and decide like, hey, what I'm doing is bad. Um, you have the power to submit that to God and be like, God, I, I give you this struggle that I'm having. I'm giving you this, you know, pattern of behavior that I cannot get over. You know, you have the power to look for help and assistance from individuals. You know, if someone's addicted to, you know, a substance or alcohol or whatever, they can look for resources to help themselves. Um, you have the power to turn from from that you have the power to say you know what i'm not going to go into the store anymore you know Mm -hmm. you have the power to say you know what i'm not going to hang out with those friends again because they constantly tempt me to want to fall um you have the uh, power uh to seek you know amends with those that maybe you've hurt because of your your feel of powerlessness you know um and so therefore you you know can influence others that way they can feel like they have the power to do those things for their life. But again, it's it's the it's the law of power. Uh, the next one is the law of respect. So this is where people may feel that if they share their boundary with someone, that they won't accept it and that they'll get angry if I set these limits in my life. Um, sometimes we fear um, this. And I think I, I know that I personally dealt with this. I felt like I owed some people in my life everything and a level of access that was just unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And I felt like if I told them this, that their feelings (laughs) would be hurt. Right. And the thing is that when you're thinking about the law of respect and when you're doing this evaluation in your life, it's not really based on love. It's based off of fear. So you are scared that you're going to lose these people in your life because you're setting a limit. It's not based out of the love that like, I want you to be better. I want you to do better. And therefore, I can't help you in this way. So therefore, there's the limit. But rather like, I'm, you know, I'm scared that if I tell them like, we won't be as close anymore or 
you know, we we can't be friends anymore or, you know, that there's going to be some type of reaction to that boundary. Mm-hmm. And I know some in the in one of the past episodes we shared, sometimes people are not emotionally mature to handle those boundaries, but it's not your responsibility to have to deal with their emotional immaturity. Right. And so you have to let them know for the sake of your own stewardship of your own life. But make sure that when you are kind of thinking like, oh, I'm kind of scared to like let them know, like, no, you can't borrow money anymore or whatever the case may be, that it's not based off of fear. And, you know, something that you said as you're going through the laws of boundaries that kind of came to mind is that, you know, when we advocate for ourselves, it doesn't mean that we're making on a demand on what other people should do. Mm-hmm. What it does mean, however, is that we need to be very clear on what we're going to do. And it also means communicating those boundaries, yeah. setting and communicating those boundaries. You know, in John fifteen fifteen, Jesus tells the disciples, you are no longer my servants. You are my friends. Mm. But check this out. They were still his apprentices and his mentees. See, Jesus here is demonstrating that there should be there should always be a spirit of friendship that permeates every relationship, whether mentee, whether mm-hmm. assignment, associate, everything. And so an example of this is being cordial, showing empathy, um, having an overall sense of camaraderie. See, while the spirit of friendship shows in every category of relationships, the dynamics of these categories are very specific. And so Mm -hmm. we need to be mindful that we need to advocate for ourselves. Yeah. Advocate for ourselves. Because when I hear you share that story, you know, between love and fear, a lot of people fear, feel that way. Yeah. And so it's, it's very insightful, you know, to hear you touch on that. I just wanted to state that. So one of the last laws is the law of exposure. And it talks about how a boundary is a property line that defines like where things begin and where things end and where you start and where you finish and where God starts as well in your life. And so the whole concept has to be about the fact that we exist for friendships, um, but really the law of exposure kind of just brings that visibility that should be communicated to others as to this is what I can do for you. That way you're not overcome by the fears of having to be guilty or not being liked by someone or losing that connection with a friend or approval or receiving anger when you share these things. And these are all failures. Um, in love but god's plan is that we learn how to love appropriately and with boundaries and because of these fears that sometimes we're overcome with we can try to sometimes have quote-unquote secret boundaries Mm -hmm. where we withdraw like passively or we're like passive aggressive you know with certain relationships and we you know instead of communicating honestly and just transparently we react and don't expose our true feelings mm. and then those feelings are then exposed in other areas so for example you may have you know spouses that will for years you know just comply with certain things that their spouse is saying and never express anything 
but then express their boundary later by filing for divorce. You know, or you have children whose parents have constantly been, you know, giving over and over, you know, the years and never setting those limits. And then they resent them at the end because they feel like they were taken advantage of. And then, you know, they never grow that true fundamental love um, as parents and as children. So it just talks about exposing your boundaries clearly. That way you will have a healthier, better outcome for your life. Wow. That's so powerful. I think when we are thinking of relationships, we should be discerning and we should assess the relationship as it currently is and then call it what it is. Mm -hmm. And communication is very important. And the type of communication varies. And it depends on the category as well as the circumstances. Yeah. Because boundaries don't always have to be verbalized, but they do have to be implemented. That's good. And I'll give a couple of examples. There are occasions when we might see a person is dealing with an offense or isn't reading our cues and is consistently and assertively attempting to, you know, push the relationship further. That's when we need to have a conversation. Mm. We should speak in truth and love to that person. And here's the part that might be controversial for some. For some, we must discern what truth to tell. Mm. We need to discern what truth it is that we need to tell here's the thing the level of relationship that we have determines the kind of permission we're going to be given to be transparent with that person Mm. so we should never be deceptive it's important however when we are verbalizing whatever the boundary is to know what part of the truth to tell a person and the reason being that people aren't trash cans and they shouldn't be subject to us dumping our emotional garbage on them I love what Luke 631 says. It says, do unto others as you would have them do to you. And so we need to go with the mindset of if we're going to have a conversation with someone who may be, you know, overstepping boundaries, that we have to put ourselves in their position. And we have to say, how would I want to be addressed in this type of situation? Mm -hmm. In the case of a friend who no longer meets your personal criteria for friendship, it's very likely that you owe that person some type of conversation. And when it's time to have that conversation with those people in our lives that may be moving from one category to another, we should start with preparation. Part of preparation is prayer, not only for the conversation, but also for the reaction. Conversations usually are easy when we shift people in one direction than shifting them in another direction. For example, it's easier to have a conversation with someone who you may want to move from associate to friends. But when we're having a conversation with someone who is a friend and, you know, moving them to associate, that might be a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Key thing is that we don't need to tell people what category they're going to. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? And so, you know, execution of this is very important. For example, if you have a friend who... You know, maybe they haven't been meeting some qualities. You've been noticing it for a while. And let me just put in parentheses again that no individual is perfect. So if you're looking for the perfect friend, you're not going to find one. But if you've Mm -hmm. just been noticing some things that, you know, about this person that, you know, isn't reflective of what you would deem as a friend. um, Whenever you have this conversation with them, lead the conversation with what more has to do with you. And so it could be something like, hey, I know you probably have noticed that I've been a little bit distant. I've just really been using this time to 
focus on myself and just try to get things and my priorities in order. Notice this, right? Most of what I'm saying has nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Even though there might be some areas in their lives that I'm like, mm, that's a little red flag for it. me. <laughs> yeah. I'm shifting it on myself. Right, right. Right. So I'm discerning what truth to tell that person mm-hmm. because you don't want to just crush someone. And again, if you don't have that level of closeness, then you need to really be mindful of what you're going to share with someone. And so, you know, it's more so on what I need to focus on as an individual. Let me use a different scenario. If maybe you notice an associate has some great qualities and you know what, you want to take this relationship to the next level as someone who is your friend, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of something that you can kind of, you know, go up to them. And say is, hey, I've noticed these great qualities about you. And, you know, I've been looking for some friends in my life. And I think, you know, based on the qualities that you have, mm-hmm. I would like to further our relationship and build a friendship. Yeah, Something absolutely. as simple as that. It is. I That reminds me when, like, you see kids when they're little and... You know, sometimes they just go to one another. It's like, hey, do you want to be my friend? Mm. And they're like, yeah, I want to be your friend. And sometimes in adulthood, if you haven't been able to develop those friendships, let's say like for years, sometimes you just got to ask someone that you see great qualities in them. It's like, hey, do you just want to be my friend? Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Also, you know, those individuals that are in like pastoral positions and high leadership positions sometimes are the loneliest people unfortunately and you need to have good solid friends individuals pastors leaders that you look up to that you admire and sometimes it's just literally asking them the question hey do you want to be my friend Mm -hmm. you don't have to be alone you don't have to live a life of i have nobody around me and so I know I was challenged by that a couple years ago. And I remember literally leaving, I think it was a conference, and um, there was one of my, she was like an associate back then. And after the meeting or the conference, I literally went up to her and I was like, do you want to be my friend? Mm. And we both like literally teary-eyed. We were like, yes, this is exactly what we need from each other. Right. And you know what I mean? Like their character, their character like, portrays everything that I want in a friend and and there you have it like it's simple you know what I mean like it doesn't have to be complex or complicated for those individuals that are seeking those friendships that are so vital for our lives it's such a good conversation and just on an ending note three things I want you know for us to take away when we think about relationships and how we align people and you know decisions that we need to make first I want you to make sure that you pray Uh, We always say that prayer should be our first response and not our last resort. The second thing is plan. And then lastly, perform. You know, when we think about aligning people, it can be frightening. You know, it's so much easier said than done. And it takes what we call courage. And God has given each and every one of us courage. And so even though you might be afraid, even though you might be nervous, I just encourage you to do those three things. Pray, plan, and perform. And God gives us courage. You know, the same way that he was with Joshua, he will also be with you. 
And so make sure that you're seeking him for advice, for wisdom, for understanding. And God's got you. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode seven, part two of Are We Really Friends? We hope that this was enriching to your life. If you want to know or read of more resources, we really recommend the book Relational Intelligence by Dr. Darius Daniels. He talks about the importance of friendship and just, again, some things that we touched on these last two episodes. Uh, We know that it'll be beneficial to your life and therefore it's a good read as well. Uh, Again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Stay tuned to our next episode. Please share, subscribe, and review. Take care. God bless and and much much love. love.